Well, I guess, uh, well, here we are back on episode number... 19. Of... Nerd. God. Oh, come on, man. No, nerd pastiche. And you I am... said episode. I said 19. You said of. I say nerd. That's like, that's the rhythm that you create. This is like the second or third time in a row you've tried to do this, dude. Well, you have to say, you don't just say nerd. You have to say, you know, nerd pastiche. You say the whole thing. Like, but they're two um, separate words. But no, it's like, uh, you have to say the whole thing, like a tribe called Quest or a pimp named Slickback. You have to say the whole thing. I don't think we've earned that right yet. Well, it's our own <laughs> podcast, so we earn what we say we earn. Okay, fine. There we go. Oh, God. Well, anyway, enough Goodness. of that banter. I am your co-host on this journey, Darian. And I'm Brittany. So we are here. We are out of the you know, episode 19. We are out of the, you know, Halloween season. Well, uh, you know, for normies who just and celebrated whatever. for one, yeah, one day. Yeah, who cares? For one day. I celebrate I mean, it, year it, round. I was going to say it deserves minimum a full month. But mm. uh, yeah, there is no maximum. There is no limit. That's right. I'm going to go mean girls on it. The limit does not exist. <laughs> there we go. And as a horror aficionado, you know, every day is Halloween for me. Oh, that's fine. That's right. That's right. It was a beautiful, ugly, overcast day today, and I loved every bit of it. It really was. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I, I love this time of year. Same. Yeah. I just wish the weather, like the temperature would match. Well, if wishes were horses. We'd all have hay. Okay, well, you ruined that. I was yep. trying to educate the people, you know, on the actual, the entirety of that of that phrase. But okay, fine. You can say the whole phrase. If wishes were horses, the beggars would ride. But if horses had wishes, we would all have hay. Oh, God. You just... I'm you, just throwing it out there. Of course you are. Anyway... <laughs> We're back again. We're out of the Halloween season. So one of the things that we have joked about incessantly is the amount of agreement that we had over the last several weeks and how that is going to go away. Yes. Starting now. Yes. So I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit relieved. I mean, honestly, I feel like I can go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever normal of... means. Right. And well, well, normal for us is, is you throwing something out there, me saying you're wrong. Uh-huh. And 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 we and us moving on. And then banter. <laughs> and then banter, right? So I don't know about you. I mean, that's our whole gimmick, right? That's what makes this yeah, thing work. It was so weird whenever you'd be like, I agree. And be like, wait, what? Yeah, right. Are you Are sick? We... <laughs> you feel okay over there? Like, did you want to feel my forehead? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like if I, if, I mean, like you don't live near me, but I would have gone and like driven to your house and just checked on you. Like, are you alive? Is, <laughs> is this really Darian on the other, other side of this, this conversation? Right. We could have had an invasion of the body snatcher situation. I mean, it was not, I was not far off from that, that concern. Yeah. Well, the difference is, is they don't show emotion. Well, neither do you. <laughs> I mean, cause it, okay. Yes. Yes. But yes, it's going to be, it's going to feel good to be back to normal. Yeah. So speaking of normal, one of the normal things that we always do here is we always talk about how it is that we nerded and we talk about our recommendations and then we have our, our main course of the, of the show. So with that said, let's just start it off. You know, Brittany, I gotta, again, I've said this before, but it just feels like I, I haven't talked to you in ages, which is far from the truth. I know, I literally <laughs> talked to you for like two and a half hours last night. Ah, uh, yes, because of our, uh, because of the, the twitching. Yes. 
Yeah, yes. I'm getting used to the twitching, which is, Yes, you know, a there, fascinating there was a lot mod. of twitching last night because we were um, we were recording spooky games because we're we're actually recording this the week of Halloween. So I don't I don't scare good. Yeah, it was funny. I'm <laughs> sitting and I'm sitting here watching you. the game wasn't even that scary. No, it was not. And the things that were scaring you and making you jump, I'm just I'm as stiff as a board, not not even moving, no flinching, no nothing. Yeah. Because what was the name of that game? Stories untold, Yep, right? stories untold. Yeah, yeah. That that did again. It looked interesting. Looks it looked like it would be fun. I don't think for me personally, if if the goal is to scare me. It's not going to do that for Oh, me. definitely So I'm going to not. take it more as the whole, yeah, more of a whole puzzle type of deal, which I Yes. mean, is kind of like the purpose of games anyway. How, is that going to be your how you nerded or not? No, 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 no. I, I mean, that's definitely part of how I nerded this week. <laughs> Was, was really digging into this, but well, tell I've us. also been dragged into a book club at work. So, Mm. uh, Okay. So you feel, now you feel pressure. yeah, it's really, it's really God. upsetting Why because do you it's, do this to yourself? because I'm an idiot, Darian. God. <laughs> I don't know how to say no to people, especially Uh, we've got whenever, to work on that. Well, I know, but especially whenever it's like, it's a nice person and they have this idea and they're really trying to get students involved and the students are like, meh about it. And I know it's going to be like pulling teeth to just try to get like the four students doing it involved. Mm. All So right. it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll kind of help out. I don't know. I'm stupid, Well, you know, but this this we're reminds. reading a good book. Okay. All right. Well, what's the book? Uh, it's the Trevor Noah's memoir, Born a Crime. And I mean, I love him as as a comedian and Yeah. uh, per, just a performer in general. So it's it's very much his voice, which I'm enjoying. And it's a very interesting book, but it's also kind of like now I'm I'm down to the line. I've got to get through another chapter before we we meet again on Friday and just which doesn't sound like that much. But whenever you're constantly running around, it's. Finding the time to do that is a little tough. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's the real struggle, <laughs> especially with good books and critically hailed books, you know, because yes. you really want to submerse yourself into it, right? You don't want to just read haphazardly and it and read in a way in which it feels like a chore. Yeah, and I feel like since I'm I'm kind of helping, like I'm the the other teacher doing this, I feel like I need to take notes as I'm reading of Yeah. like This is a great spot for conversation. Highlight this line. Let's ask the students what they think about this. So it's like not Yeah. even just reading for pleasure. It's also reading for, for content. Do you So. know that is, you know, you bring up such an interesting point because it's I'm rereading a book that I, I and, and, and when you've taught, <laughs> you can't help. But I'm sitting there supposed to be reading for pleasure because I'm rereading 1984 myself. Oh, it's favorite book, favorite And, book ever written. oh, yes. Yeah, one of my favorite books, Oh. too. And I'm sitting here like. I, I, I'm sitting here like, oh, I should take notes on this. Like, why are you doing? Why do you want Dude, to do that? <laughs> For no my, reason. my copy of 1984, every time I read it, I continue to find new things and make notes in it. It's just covered. Yeah, yeah. And see, I want to make notes in my books, but I'm so anal retentive. I want my books to, okay, why are you laughing Christine. right there? Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's part of the reason why I hate having to buy paperback. I hate it. you know, it's it's the cross we bear. It, it really it really is. Now, Trevor, no, is is 
because I don't because I, I don't have that. Is his book is that only paper paperback? I mean, I have it in paperback. I'm sure you could probably get it in a hardback. Yeah, I don't. Okay, you know what? I, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll have to look it up on you know the place that I will not mention mm-hmm. because and then yeah. buy it elsewhere. But see, here's the deal. This is the struggle: is that it's usually cheaper there. I know. That's what I've told you for years literally now and you always yell at me for using it no it's not it's not now again i'm never gonna rail somebody for going to that place that's not the that's not the issue the issue is is that everybody is conditioned to immediately go there for everything and not going to brick and mortar or not even taking a look you know like for example like hey let's see i can get these toothpicks from the store but hey i'll just go ahead and buy them from you know, from there. Um, That's the I'm issue gonna I let have. the 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 audience here try to kind of use context clues to figure out he who must not be named or the store that must not be named. Yes, the um, online vendor that shall not be named. Yes, that we all use and hate ourselves for. And you should hate yourself because you're disgusting human beings that are feeding you to the downfall of capitalism and retailing in this society. And shame on you. And Darian also has a an account with them too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> hey, look, no, 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 you're not, we're not okay. You know what? We're not going there. But anyway, so yes, I read a book, or I'm working very, on reading very, a book. Very good. And book, how book, again? Book. And how far in are you? Chapter one. <laughs> oh my God in heaven! Uh, we're trying to do two chapters a week. Well, and I mean, I just like you got the saying. book yesterday, so ah. now I've got a couple of days to be able to read it. To read that's a solid chapters. read that's a hefty book man that's almost like it's... eight almost like 800 900 pages or something no what are you thinking of? i'm not reading the hamilton book <laughs> how long Jesus. is the book it's only like i don't know 150 pages 200 pages it's less than my dissertation oh my god i'm thick I'm, I'm losing my mind yeah i think you are yeah yeah well you know it's not war and peace yeah ideally it's not it's not Which i have to... read actually it's a pretty <laughs> decent book Oh, where did I get? Oh, where did I get eight hundred pages from? I don't know. I, um, I I don't know what number you pulled, like what random number generator you pulled from on that. <laughs> one. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll be all right. Well, what about you? How'd you nerd this week? <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I had an, an, a a nerd epiphany. Uh oh. That's what. That's how I nerded this week, and okay. it's, uh, it made me very happy. Okay. So I'm sitting there, you know. Again, you know, I have a plastic addiction, right? So <laughs> yes, I think we all know this now. Particularly an affinity for Transformers more than meets the eye. Yes. We know this. Robots so, in disguise. Yes, that is factually correct. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting for you to bring up the idea that you know they turn into things that aren't in fact in disguise. So. Do you want to go ahead and get that out? No, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna let you have this one. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. But <laughs> but basically, I was on Reddit, you know, lurking. I don't have an account, right? Okay. And there's a collector page, and you know the you know one one user was yelling and screaming about Target exclusives that he mm-hmm. didn't get, which I was able to get, which I was actually shocked by. I just think he didn't know until the last minute. So oh well, that's uh-huh. on him. Yeah. But anyway, he made a point that 
Hasbro has, for the most part, gone through the entire Generation 1 cast of characters. And he stated that next year, after this most recent rendition of Kingdom, which is also going to include Beast Wars, okay. that he's going to be done because he, they'll basically have gone through everything. And I said, oh, my God, he's right. <gasps> or, or she. What so are you going to do? That means that there there is some semblance of light at the end of the collecting tunnel. I, I never thought this day would come. So <laughs> I would now now granted I have to go backwards and get some things and there's still a series that Hasbro really hasn't touched which is pissing me off. But I don't know what the hell they're doing. Don't worry, I'll post about it at it, some it, point. They're just pissing you off on purpose. They're looking at their stuff and they're going, hmm, what can we do that's going to piss off Darian? Well, it's not just me. It's everybody else. <laughs> because when you sit ha- out here and throw out characters that nobody has given a rip about and that the general audience doesn't even really know about. Okay. And casuals don't know about. And you, you skip Selfie over. casuals. That's right. And you skip over an entire series <laughs> or you give one character that was a shameful rendition. It was quite frankly pathetic. And I will refuse to purchase. Okay. It, it makes it makes me. Yeah, it was disgusting. It makes me wonder, like, what are you what the hell are you doing, Hasbro? <sighs> are you going to force me to go third party? I don't yeah. want to, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> So, yeah, so there might be. So next year this time, I could potentially, for the most part, be done. And I am so happy. I I think you're going to feel a little lost. No, I'm not. You're going to be like your wallet is going to breathe a heavy sigh of just relief. Yeah. And general excitement. But then there's going to be a part of you that's going to continue to like lurk on all the different forums. Like, where's the next one? Where's the next one? Are you going to be like Jones in for it? Oh, no, no, no. See, now I could just sit back and when I hear the word Target exclusives, like, oh, yeah, I I could get it. I could not. I don't care. It'll be fine. I think I'm in that space. Now, I'm kind of concerned because of a uh, anniversary for a show. And there's a whole other series that, you know, they haven't gone back to. But where I'm at right now, I'm going to enjoy this because I could be done. (laughs) <laughs> and, and i could and i could go to a screeching halt so i'm excited well congratulations on this epiphany yeah yeah it, we know it wasn't mine <laughs> i i would hug your wallet for you yeah it's because it's 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 so dead <laughs> it's, 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 and it's it really hurts my soul how dead it is <laughs> poor it's thing just, yeah, it's like why are you doing this to me i don't know yeah <laughs> Because I want to relive my childhood every, whichever, with everyone I purchase. That's true. That's, that's how true. we do it. So, yeah, that's how I nerded. Now, nice. now I have to know, what are your recommendations? Or what is your recommendation for this week? Okay, so I'm pulling something out that I, I wasn't sure I really wanted to bring up. Just because it might be a bad timing to bring it up. So there's a, I, I watch a lot of YouTubers, a lot of Let's Players. That's, that's something that I, I definitely do on a daily basis. So my daily nerd, if you will. And there are two of them, two, two uh, YouTube personalities, I guess, at this point. They're, they're more than just Let's Players. Uh, one guy by the name of Markiplier and another by the name of Crank Gameplays. So the real names are, are Mark and Ethan. And the two of them came together almost a year ago and created this channel on YouTube called Unis Honest, which is just Latin for one year. 
and this whole plan that they had, which was kind of crazy at the start. And I'm, I, I love the idea of it is talk. They've created this channel. They put out a video, one new video every day for 365 days in a row. And then on the one year anniversary, they delete the channel and all videos that are accompanied to it. Huh? So it's this kind of virtual experience where if you're not with them on the ride and you're not caught up before the end of the, the one year is up, then you just aren't ever going to see those videos. Like they're just gone. Oh, is that's the, interesting is the mentality behind it. That's now, of course, cool. there's there's people that are like backlogging everything, and YouTube is open open market at this point. So I mean, people can just kind of record it and save it to files and upload it into other spaces, which is kind of like the opposite of what they're aiming for. But they're <laughs> the whole reason I was kind of going back and forth about whether or not I wanted to put it uh, bring this up is because the one year mark is November twelfth, so it's mm. coming up. And I have been watching this pretty, pretty religiously for the, for the whole year, just kind of seeing all of the random stuff they decide to do. I mean, it can be anything from, they did goat yoga, which was one of my absolute favorites, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is yoga and there are goats that just jump on them and it's great. They've done more recently. Uh, Mark has a very big phobia of the open ocean, so they <laughs> do a couple of things ocean where it's there. like getting him into an open ocean area and kind of just facing that fear a little bit. All the way to one of their very first episodes was they were making breakfast for one another, but instead of using traditional kitchen utensils, they were using sex toys that they ordered. Hmm. Okay. Which is, it sounds ridiculous, but it is probably one of the most wholesome videos that I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, that seems, seems legit. <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many different things. They're, they're very good content creators. There was a section of time right around the beginning of pandemic when they weren't able to be in the same space together that you could tell that they were in kind of a, a creative rut. Mm. But once they got out of it and they got out of it a lot quicker than a lot of the other YouTubers who, who kind of really thrive off of physically being in a space with another person, they figured out a way to kind of work around it pretty quickly. But now they, they kept themselves in bubbles so that they can actually physically go to one another's space and continue to make stupid, stupid decisions with one another for general enjoyment. So I highly suggest if you are hearing this before November 12th and you have some time on your hands, go through their backlog and and take a couple looks. Take uh, take a look at some of their stuff because it is just irreverent <laughs> and ridiculous and some of it is I mean some of it is some like legitimately laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. and you you really kind of get to know these two people throughout the year and see them grow, especially through this pandemic. And like just kind of going back the last couple of days and like seeing some old ones and seeing where they are now. And just, I mean, it is a perfect encapsulation of what so many of us did and are continuing to go through as soon as this pandemic hit. <laughs> it is just strange and lovely. 
So that's my recommendation. If you've got some time and it's not over and it's still before November 12th, you've got like two weeks left. Well, a week by the time that this one comes out. So yeah. Well, Go watch that's it. actually a pretty cool concept. I, I had never I thought so too. heard of these people because you know, I'm not, I don't really go down YouTube rabbit holes very often yeah, to I find do. these kinds of things. So yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I mean, even like their merchandise that they made for this, cause they're, they're branders, like they're, they are very good at branding. They, they would post, they would put something out for roughly two weeks. And then once it had like a timer on it. And once that timer hits zero, you cannot order that ever again. So it's one, it's brilliant marketing. But then on the other side of that, it's just, it's again, feeding into this, this concept of here one day, gone the next, which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, makes you appreciate a little bit more, makes it kind of almost you know, appointment, tele- well, not a television, but you get what I mean, right? Yeah. App- appointment content, like, oh, I have to make sure I do this or see exactly. this. Exactly, in a, in a space like YouTube that is very the very opposite of that. Exactly, so, exactly. I huh. like innovation and creativity. No, you stay away from that. I know. Yeah, nobody wants that. Well, what about you? Well, I, you know, you mentioned content creators and things of that nature so this is Uh apropos so you know i like to think of us as content creators (laughs) in in some small way or so you know so i am actually going to pull a you and Uh i'm going to recommend the twitch is it called channel do we call it a channel Uh, yeah okay good so (laughs) i'm going to recommend our twitch channel because you know of the especially well what's so funny there what's happening you're sh- I love it when you shill. This is that, great. I'm a big shiller. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, on Nerd Pastiche Plays on Twitch because, you know, I had a glorious time yesterday doing that. So I guess I can I can see why people can enjoy it so much and why it's become or developed such a huge following and why so many, you know, famous folk are on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really interactive. You get to, you know, join in on the fun. You get to try to, you know, connect with the content creators when it's possible, especially depending on the game they're playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. I mean, and it really makes me question. I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to do it. <gasps> no. OK, see, you don't even let me finish. I didn't say anything. Yes, you do. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> you just you all you get legitimately all you had to do was breathe. That's all you did here. I know. So I, I was really interested in like, what would it be like if I did this for certain games? I would probably only do it for scary games. Because, well, dude, yeah. I can share the password and you can tr- stream on under the name. Yeah, it, because legitimately the reason I'm questioning and going back and forth is because it would just be me cursing virtually the entire time I played. Mm-hmm. That's all it would be. And there is an audience for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for some random old dude, some older dude just out here yelling at clouds at whatever old school game he feels like playing. Yeah, I would watch that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Again, I I think I've shared with you before, you know, playing Dead Space. that's, That's virtually all it is, is me cursing and jumping. That's it. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's that's pretty much scarier games in general. You're yelling at the screen. Yeah. I mean, just vile and wretched combinations of words that have never even 
seen this plane of existence. Yeah, I really feel like I need to brush up on my Shakespearean insults and oh, I like know. exclamatories just so that I have something else to to throw out there. I know. I'm so angry that I had that the the insult mug and I broke it. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, Christmas is around the corner. Oh, you stay away from that. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I, I have the little the little daily calendar where you can rip, you know, there's an insult for every day. Yes, I love yeah. that one. Oh, well, yeah, that's great, isn't it? That's great. Love it. Expand your voc vocabulary, insult people in ways that they have no idea what the frack you're it's, even talking about. It's a win-win. It really is a win-win. <laughs> but yeah, so that would be my recommendation is our Twitch channel. So Nerd Pastiche Plays Yay. on to on twitch it's a, it's a fun time and again i think the other thing is, is that even if it's a game that you wouldn't necessarily find yourself playing i still you would st you can still find enjoyment in following somebody you like yes yes absolutely yeah vicarious living as well joining the community um, join us well that's that's also an option uh, well, please what is it the google gobble or whatever well, I was actually going Evil Dead to uh, there, <laughs> or Evil Dead in general. You know, with I was the Dead Eye. I haven't watched the second one yet. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even watched the first episode of uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, have you? Correct. Well, I'll just say this: Come along if you can. And that's. I'll leave it at that. Okay. You'll you'll know when you watch it. I'll know when I know. <laughs> you'll know when you know. Was it? What is it? What is it? What is it that the youth say? You know, uh, I Y K Y K. <laughs> if you know, you know, or That's something right. along those lines. Yes, if you know, you I know. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, how do you not remember? How again? How am I cooler than you? They threw out a bunch of random things. Okay, so audience, whenever Darian and I were working together in a in like an actual space where people existed in within six feet of one another, right. um, we worked with college students and we had a board that we kept up that each week they would put up some sort of random phrase that is like hip or whatever yeah, and we'd all just be like hip. what the hell is wrong with all of you <laughs> right yeah hip right yeah more like hip pointer oh it was great it was it was grand and terrifying all at once yeah because most of it didn't make any sense and most of exactly. it was just a bunch of words jumbled together which is why i value the importance of of, of reinvigorating the zeitgeist with archaic words I'm and archaic vocabulary. I'm here. For we it. need that. Yeah, I'm good with that. Glorious. Cool. Anyway, okay. Oh, you okay? Well, well, let's stop there with the agreeing, okay? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Which leads us into our segment for this week. Yes, I made Darian watch something he didn't want to watch. <laughs> I really don't. Oh my God, re rewatch. Oh, and it was a. I knew why. I was like, oh God. But this segment is uh, first of our two part. Going back to some two part action here. Mm -hmm. So this is entitled "It's Alive." So the whole purpose of "It's Alive" is is that we are going to be exploring, you know, media or media that has yeah. been a. What happened there? Well, I don't know. Why did you say it weird? Because uh, Ted from <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, he's an encyclopedia. Oh, God. <laughs> you really want to be Ted? <laughs> no, I just No one to... wants to be Ted. <laughs> I just wanted to use the encyclopedia. That's why okay. I had to use that. I'm sorry. Okay. That stuck out to me from the show. <laughs> Forgive me. So sorry. Anyway, this is this two-parter. is entitled It's Alive, where... We're going to review or revisit the adaptation of something. 
Mm-hmm. So for the purposes of this week, do you want me to say what it is? Or, I mean, this is your deal. Do you want to introduce it? Well, I decided to to talk about something this week that really kind of brought to life the title of the segment, the It's Alive. So I, I kind of took that and ran with it a little bit. Not two weeks ago, I made you watch Young Frankenstein. Yes. So I felt like I couldn't really go Young Frankenstein again. So what's something else that I could do that is a Frankenstein adaptation? And immediately I landed on one of the shows that I am still dying to be in. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So... Rocky Horror Picture Show, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. that's an adaptation from obviously a musical stage production. And that was in early 70s, right? I believe Mm -hmm. the 73 was the actual original production because it was over in the UK, right? Yes. Yes. And then from there, it turned into a actual film. Correct. In 1975. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And immediately became, well, not immediately, but it absolutely became a cult classic. Yes. Yes. I mean, it didn't really take long though, when you think about it, right? Because it came out in 75 and then, I mean, know, it had, I mean, you've got Susan Sarandon, young Susan Sarandon in it. Tim and Curry. you've got the, the absolute, my, one of my goats. Tim Curry. Oh, he's masterful. He is just a stunning performer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because because now now if I remember, because part of the cult following is that in I I went online and I tried to do some reading and look this stuff up. And from what I could find as early as 1976, it was a space where, you know, like fan, it became like a midnight movie type of thing. Yes. And fans would get to a point where they actually started dressing as the characters to go yes. to go see it. So that that idea of a cult following, now obviously, as, as time has gone on, it's just become, you know, iconic. Yeah, absolutely. It, and that's I mean, it's it's more than just dressing up as the characters. And yes, too. it's they've created the, the community, the, the fans mm-hmm. of this show have created secondary dialogue. So whenever you're in the audience for a live production of this, yes. the, the audience has lines to repeat. Mm-hmm. And they they have usually there's props as well that the audience will like make sure that they have or if they don't have you get them at the door like newspapers and squirt guns so like whenever they're in the rain at the very big be- supposed to be quote unquote caught in the storm in the very beginning you have little squirt guns that you're squirting at the actors playing Brad and Janet I mean whenever Frankenfurter proposes a toast you're supposed to throw toast at the stage <laughs> yeah because <laughs> at least from the from the <laughs> You're interacting in you like you are you're not just sitting in the audience watching a show. You are the show. You right. And that's what was the, happening. The phantoms, the trans the um Transylvanians that yes. are watching this whole thing. Yeah, and exactly because at the movie theater, patrons would actually yell at the well, talk at the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so good. It, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see all of the, you know, the fandom surrounding the film even though it's something that it never really it never really resonated with me and I, it didn't it didn't hook me in and even yeah. watching it again i can appreciate the film well the show the story 
mm-hmm. and, and, and everything that's associated with it and the performance and the song, everything, all of the, you know, the messages. It's, I mean, because what, what, it's an homage because it's, it's about it, it, to like horror and, and, yes. and, and B-movie sci-fi. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, okay, so I, I went full on nerd with this. Really? What a shock. So like the scholar nerd came out hardcore with this just looking at because there's there's so many people who will think like oh it's like the most basic adaptation like frankenfurter frankenstein they both create creatures that from quote unquote like some sort of like a dead space they've created them brought them to life it's alive and then like that's where the end of that conversation typically tends to go but if you're actually digging into it because i'm a nerd that's right there's so much more to it. I mean, Mary Shelley was writing whenever this, she actually wrote this on a dare. Like it was just a bunch of people in a parlor. It was mostly male writers because she was married to um, Lord Byron, right? Okay. You Mary. know better than that. I get that. My brain is good. You know, I'm bad with names. It's gone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Lord Byron, um, also known as Percy Shelley. Like they're the, they're the same person. Mm-hmm. So Mary Shelley was his second wife and Mary Shelley was an incredible, like just a voracious reader. And then she, she was an author as well, but this was during a time period when women didn't usually write. Right. So, um, or get things published per se. So in one of uh, Lord Byron's various, like, I don't know, parlor gatherings shindigs i don't really know how fancy i I don't know how what like what the level of party was to really give you a good idea of whether it was a shindig or a hootenanny but anyway they'll seem um, too low brow for for that (laughs) for for for, for them maybe a little um (laughs) who knows this this is this was smaller gathering so maybe they got on they got straight into the hootenanny and they just didn't let other people know i don't know their life (laughs) but it wasn't a gala no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> that's, too, that's still too far. That's <laughs> a little too far. <laughs> um, so they were all like challenging one another to write something in a very short period of time. And this was her entry into this kind of little competition. So this is something where she she knew that she wanted to get across a more complex message than was generally seen by female writers to be doing, let alone mm-hmm. female writers even existing at this point. I mean, they existed, but they weren't published. But anyway, so she used the gothic storytelling that was super popular at the time as as bookends for her very complex message in the same way that the Rocky Horror Picture Show used that kind of creature feature sci-fi popular genre that was really, really huge in the 70s and kind of used that to bookend a really complex conversation on transgressive societal norms like that. And that's exactly what, I mean, it's the same sort of conversation between Frankenstein and Rocky Horror is this idea of a transgressor. And what does that mean specifically? I could totally dig in and do a whole paper on how Victor Frankenstein literally gives birth to his creature, making him a transvestite. Mm. <laughs> and then we have Frankenfurter, who is mm-hmm. a transvestite, <laughs> mm-hmm. giving mm-hmm. birth to a creature. The creatures are both like both men are obsessed with the way that their creatures look. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you think about you know 
larger society, especially the United States, I mean, you know, we're very um, superficial, right? And what's yes. beautiful, what's beautiful is good. You know, it's a, stere- it's a stereotype in, in, uh, in psychology. You know, if you look, if you look a certain way, if you are uh, beautiful by the society standards, then mm-hmm. that means that you are good. That means that you are competent. That means that you are, you know, all of the things that are supposed to be, you know, positive. I mean, you, if you have a beautiful face, or if you have a handsome face, you're going to be trusted more. That's I right. mean, I, I literally have a student right now doing a research paper on Joseph Mengele, one of the, the angel of death at Auschwitz and how so many people talked about, like even survivors of Auschwitz talk about who, some of which were experimented on by this man, talk about how handsome he was mm-hmm. and how whenever he wasn't, horrendously murdering people, quote unquote, for science. He was this uh, charismatic kind of like Ted Bundy dude that just everybody trusted for some reason. Well, again, so- <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you have characteristics or you you're perceived to be uh, conventionally beautiful or good looking and whatever or attractive mm-hmm. in whatever society you find yourself in, the, you, you are going to get a pass. Yes, that that's just that's unfortunately how it works. It's just uh, us as people on the normal level. If there's somebody we see that we find them attractive, whatever that looks like for us, we kind of we, we give them a little bit more of, of, a, of a proverbial leash. Like, oh, hey, yes, it's it's it's, yep. it's, it's totally fine. I just talked to my class about th- this notion. It's, so, it's been social psychology all the time. It's what we do. Yep. People every time. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah. they they were both so both Frankenstein or Victor Frankenstein and um, Frankenfurter are both incredibly narcissistic men. Yes, and oh, they're they're creating for their own personal edification and this this kind of desire really really highlighted in obviously in Rocky Horror, but this desire for companionship. Mm-hmm. be whatever that is and however that looks and using their creations as kind of like um as a way of dissolving their own personal identities and giving giving space for their their kind of hidden desires and truths and passions if you will just to kind of be mirrored on this creature well, it's very layered, you know, yes. their superiority complex, which is in fact an inferiority complex. They are trying to overcome that vicariously through their quote unquote children or through their creation. Yeah, which gets real creepy when you think about it with Rocky Horror. I yeah. mean, the fact that they put Rocky in these little teeny tiny gold pants that just are like barely covering anything like a diaper, basically. A living muscular man. Yes. I'm going to make a man out of you. Yes. And mm. it's like, but then it also turns into this this creature that is his, the the child the metaphorical child of Frankenfurter is climbing into this marital bed almost. And well, not marital at all. There is, there's definitely no, (laughs) no, this is, this is not a uh, monogamous relationship or a monogamous person in general, but climbing into bed with his father. And then you have conversations of like possession that's involved which is really weird oh yeah and that's the fascinating <laughs> thing about this about this about this whole uh this whole thing this whole film is because even though it didn't uh 
uh, stick with me, so to speak, the first time I watched it. God knows how long ago that was. But now as somebody who sees things from a different lens and is always looking through the lens of, you know, human behavior and motivations and the psyche and and, and, and things of that nature, I could appreciate all of the, the symbolism, the messages, the themes from a mm-hmm. psychological perspective of this, even though I never really like, oh yeah, this is, uh, this is the greatest thing in the world. That is how, <laughs> when I was watching it this time, you know, cause I hadn't watched it since I got my first degree in psychology. Let's be fair, let's be honest. So that's, that's quite some time ago. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. So <laughs> that was the lens that I was operating from. And that's what made it again, even though it's not a film for me, so to speak, or something that I would, you know, watch again and again, that's what kept me involved because all of the things that you're talking about, I'm thinking about my God, all of the the Freud that oh, is just laced throughout all is, of this. This the is a psychoanalyst's dream. <laughs> that is laced throughout this thing. I am just, you know, the, I'm thinking about the, yeah, oh yeah, just, it's just littered with it. And that's yes. what kept me that's what kept me hooked. And that's why I was paying attention to it in a different way. But anyway. Yes. No, I, I think that this is, there's a lot more depth to this piece than people initially gave it credit for it and probably still give it credit for. But it's also for me, just a super delightful romp that I have to watch every October (laughs) minimum every October. And it is a show like I, I don't know how many actors you you talk to on a regular basis. <laughs> well, I mean, I do have Ben Affleck on speed dial, but outside I, of that. I mean, I know, I know. Outside of that, no. But we all have that role or set of roles that are like, even if we've aged out of them at some point, like those are the roles that you want to do before you die. And Magenta is a role I want to do before I die. In the same way that is Magenta. <laughs> Riff Raff is one of Alex's. And uh, we want to do it together because <laughs> it would be hysterical. But I mean, I, I yeah, so I, I have a connection to it personally when it comes to that of just I remember the first time I watched this and just it was God, I think it was in college was the first time I watched it. And I because I, <laughs> my parents didn't raise my youngest sister the same way that they raised me as far as like what things you were allowed to watch and what things you weren't allowed to watch. But That's Rocky Horror goes, isn't it? was not, <laughs> uh, yeah, especially me being the oldest. That's right. And then a 10 year difference between me and my baby sister. So there's a lot of things change, but I certainly was not going to lo- be allowed to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show with transvestites and hooker looking things all over the place mm-hmm. and orgies and what could it like that, that threat of a rape scene for, for both Brad and Janet, but then both of them consenting and, right. <laughs> and like having those sorts of conversations wasn't something I really got to experience until I got to college and whenever I watched this the first time all I could think about was I love this concept of like creation and self-destruction self-creation and self-destruction and this whole conversation of what is a gender norm and this heteronormativity and like breaking out of things and nature versus nurture all of these big conversations were just in my head and then the songs are super catchy (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that's and obviously that's one of the the 
the themes throughout here is the, you know, the androgyny, right? Because yes. when you think about, you know, the, the term, then it's been described as that before, right? You know, the term transvestite is used, you know, to describe the film, especially back then, even though now mm -hmm. that's a term that's not readily accepted, right? Yes. Because it's, it's classified as cross-dressing because back then, it, you know, well, being, you know, identify, you know, being, being gay or, you know, being mm -hmm. quote unquote a transvestite in that, in using those terms, that, that those terms from that, that era, there were, there were medical, you know, negative medical connotations associated with those things, which plays into the idea or the notion of what this film is trying to do when you talk about things like acceptance and yes. acceptance in the larger, broader society. Espe yes. So that's why when I sit here and I watch it again, I think to myself, wow, what would it be like if this was, if this was released now? Well, they did that. Uh, what was it two years ago? One of those, whenever you know how like NBC or whatever or CBS or some crap was doing like the let's do live theater on TV with a bunch oh, of actors that... that should never be allowed to do anything like that. Well, they did one with with Rocky Horror. I don't think it was live. They but they recorded it and Ugh. and sent it up but it was like laverne was... cox was was frankenfur and the the girl from victorious was <laughs> whatever her name victoria justice oh. that's what it was but wasn't this kind wasn't for lack of a better word wasn't it kind of neutered yes okay yes, so, so yes yeah, so, okay so so okay so clearly you know we 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 haven't gotten that far right because you know it, you know, in larger society, you know, with the idea, of, you know, with the, you know, androgyny, cross-dressing, you know, drag, things that, you know, all of these types of things, you know, you know transgender individuals, all of these things yeah. that are more out in front and more readily known and for the most part understood, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm you know, because, you know, obviously there's still people that, you know, are going to hold on to what they're going to hold on to. So whatever. But the fact that these things are more known and information on these things and education around these mm -hmm. things are more readily available. This is why I wonder what would it look like if this if it was a tabula rasa and a film like this or a show like this was was introduced now with any prior without any prior you know versions or renditions or things like that. Yeah. But you sit I, here I would love me, to see that. Yeah, what would what would that look like? Because it's, again, mm -hmm. back then, it, again, it, like we were just talking about, it 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 emphasizes what it means to not be accepted in accepted on an individual level, yeah. but also ex not accepted on a societal level, and what it is that that can do to the psyche and what that does to a person's outlook as they go through their life and how that can influence other people. Cause you mentioned Frankenfurter, you know, and, and Dr. Frankenstein, you know, being, you know, narcissist. Now, mm -hmm. if the way I look at it, if I have to compare, even though it's kind of apples to oranges <laughs> a bit, Frankenfurter has Frankenstein beat. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Easily. Absolutely. I mean, his entire final song is him just reminiscing and imagining that an entire room is filled of uh, with people watching him do his farewell song if you will right because you got charles gray you know periodically mm -hmm. throughout the the show or out the movie you know given his narration and then the, one of the last ones the second to last one i believe right was 
basically, why are you putting on this show in the dead of night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. With nobody in the crowd. And nobody here. And nobody And then here. whenever, I mean, the fact that he dresses up Brad and Janet and yes. Columbia and Rocky is in representations of himself. Mm-hmm. And the fact that in the film, they use this very clownish makeup as well, which has its own signification. And like he he knows what he's doing in those moments. He knows he knows exactly what he's presenting. And I think the the real neutering from the from the more recent production was just that since it was on public TV that they they got rid of like the orgy scene and all that sort of stuff. And the pelvic thrust if yeah, I'm not mistaken. I believe the pelvic thrust was there but it wasn't as overly emphasized as it is in the original film. <laughs> and then put it on then put it on one of your your cable shows for yeah. God's sake. Like so, you, like you, uh, USA is owned by NBC. Put it on USA. Yeah. But I I think you you really bring up an interesting point like how if we were to do something now in the in the what is this? The 2020s, the new 20s, the, the 21st century. Exactly. Like how, what, what kind of, how could we change the story or adapt the story even further? Cause I mean, whenever she, whenever Frankenstein was originally published, I mean, there, there was fear. There was general outrage as initial reactions to it. Whenever Mary Shelley got it published, people condemning the author and mm-hmm. everything that the, the book stood for and everything within it. And then when this, when Rocky Horror came out, it got a lot of fear and outrage from very, primarily very conservative audiences about, I mean, you're seeing a lot more, I mean, physical body, like literal skin on stage. And you're Mm. seeing a lot more of, I mean, like they have a straight up orgy. (laughs) Yeah. They have a straight up orgy. You see sex scenes, you see this i mean the birth of rocky running around in basically a golden diaper and there's there's a lot of just transgressive identity that is presented in it that really caused a lot of uproar in certain communities and then obviously in other communities that have been had been dying to see representation of any sort of transgression against heteronormativity this was lauded as like well damn it took them long enough (laughs) and it's not it may not be the best representation but it is representation yeah it's it's like it's what we got for now we take what we get for right now this is a huge step and gives us the hopefully gives us the the chance to see more bodies that are non-normative on the stage or on the screen so what that's a really interesting question like how would we adapt that now to maybe if you were to take it a step further between from from transvestite into maybe into someone who is identified and identifying as trans rather than having them in a corset have them in a binder have that sort of conversation included i mean the the sex scenes whenever someone is trans being able to kind of change up some of the lines have these conversations about what gender identity is what sexual identity is and sexuality is and taking it especially when you think about frankenfurter being a scientist Uh and someone who is saying hey you know how scientists for so long were like you are one or the other well guess what there is more than that and i'm living proof of that and here i am i think that could be really interesting 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's, it's that that's one of the you know as I was going back and like I said rewatching it, you know, that was one of the first things that that came to my mind is like, what yeah, what would this look like? A, a you know a show like this, a film like this, if it was just if it was just now initiated into into entertainment or arts or, or the arts or what have you, because it would just be I would really want to see what the reaction to it would be. Yeah. You know, because it's easy for something of this nature, you know, back then in the in the mid 70s, early 70s to be kind of punched down. Right. Because, <laughs> yes, I mean, because, again, you know, we're talking about, you know, what are the societal norms? What are the the values the, in, of the of the respective society? So, you yeah. know, again, something of this magnitude with these types of these types of topics, this types of uh, uh, content, for lack of a better term, again, um, these things are, you know quote unquote, abnormal. Yeah, dude, not to get too, too super political or anything, but depending yeah. on how the next couple of months, uh, the next month or so rolls around, yeah, this would be fascinating to see put on. Oh, yeah. Just to see, one, Absolutely. if it gets shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to direct this, but only if I could also play Magenta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my, it's so funny. I don't know why. It's, and I don't know why Magenta spoke to me as my favorite character. I, have no, she, I, I still have a process why. She absolutely is my favorite. She <laughs> is She is that. I mean, from the very beginning with that whole American Gothic homage, like at the church, and Frankenfurter is the one that's getting, what is it, Brad and Shelley married. Like he's the minister. And then you have Riff Raff and Magenta standing there as like, I don't know what they're there for, but they're there and like literal American Gothic outfits. And <laughs> I mean, whenever they bring out, when everyone goes into the church and the two of them and Columbia completely without all of her makeup on and with a just a dreary mousy wig they bring out the like, the, the, the fucking like the little like child's coffin and just stand there. Yeah. Like just staring at them. It's again, I mean, obviously symbolism of like love and death and birth and all sorts of things. And but anyway, and then you get her and she's just so sassy and dark. And she just she steals every scene from the background. Yeah. Like yeah. she doesn't have to have, and that's the thing that I love about the stage version of this is she actually gets a few more lines than she does in the film. Uh, okay. And she's, she and Riff Raff both actually get a little bit more character development throughout it. Oh, okay. And their relationship is just strange and lovely. And <laughs> the friendship if you want to call it that between Magenta and Columbia is delightful. Oh, that was and my favorite scene is Magenta the- <laughs> and Columbia making fun of, uh, oh my God. Uh, yes. Oh, Whenever <laughs> Janice went, touch me, touch me, touch me. I want to feel dirty. Yeah. And then the two of them are like, yeah, girl. Uh huh. Uh-huh. This is great. You have no idea what you're doing. Yep. This is so funny. That what are you doing? Favorite part. Like again. they, they just have such a great time and, it also really helps for me personally that, uh, you know, the the opening song that's sang by, I think it's called The Usherette, usually the science fiction double feature, the opening song where you see and the film, it's the lip singing. That song is usually also sung by whoever it is is playing Magenta. And it's my favorite song in the whole show. So okay, that was my, one of my next <laughs> questions was what was your what was going to be your favorite song? Okay. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it's, it's such a good opening song. Like it, it sets you in the right space. Damn it. Janet is probably the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, you, you'd be stupid if you didn't at least say the time warp at one point. <laughs> you can't not listen to it and like bounce like you have to react somehow the mu- the way that the music was written whoever composed it and i should know that off the top of my head and i don't was the music also by o'brien i know he wrote it i know he uh, did the book and the lyrics did he also do the music <gasps> screenplay with Sharman and o'brien for the original show is what i'm talking oh about. the original show okay, the, okay okay yeah i think it actually was was richard o'brien who did the whole oh thing. yeah it is Hot damn. I think so. Yeah. Lyrics by O'Brien. Yeah. Right on O'Brien. But yeah. So, I mean, there's the time warp is just one of those songs that you have to dance to. You're ridiculous if you don't, in my opinion. Like, I don't know how you couldn't just dance along to an extent. There's the um, Eddie song. um, Yeah. That would be love. Yeah. Yes. Love that one as well. I mean, and then the, the, God, this song about Eddie, whenever um, Dr. Scott is in, they're at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she, they start talking about how like Eddie never loved her. When Eddie said he didn't like his teddy, you knew he was a no good kid. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Poor Eddie. Like, there's just so, there's some great lines within it that I just really find amusing. There's the song about whenever they're talking about Janet and they're making fun of Janet and they talk about like being a hot dog and then his name is Frankenfurter. Mm, yeah. So then like, wait, what? <laughs> yep. That was a heady play. That was a heady play. <laughs> it's just, there's so many things that maybe when you're watching it the first time, you're like, and you're, you're just because there's so much thing and there's so much you're seeing on stage that you're not used to seeing in general on, on that sort of platform you miss some of these things but when you go back and you listen to it again or you're just reading through the script and it's just like the amount of symbolism that is just seeping from the lyrics and the lines it is such a good show yeah and that's what i wonder about too here is with the given and i, I constantly okay i'm going to be old guy on a soapbox for a second now nah, i was I waiting for it yeah, it's gonna come. I, and nothing against the <laughs> film, but I constantly think about the fact that we're in a microwave society. And and one of the things that you're mentioning is everything that the film is. And that was one of my reactions, or or I guess I guess new reactions, or maybe old reactions, mm-hmm. or I guess more refined reaction to when I first saw it. Because I'd like to think I'm a more uh, in tune film watcher and and ingester and, and all that stuff. Now, is I said that this is really busy, and yeah. I can see why this could turn somebody off, so to speak, because I'm sitting there like, there are so, there are so many layers. There's the, the symbolism. And like you said, the lyrics that are associated with it. I mean, you have to pay attention to the movements and the lyrics yep. and then all of the scenery all at the same time. Cause I mean, I like legitimate theater. So I'm not, a, this isn't an issue for me, but again, I think about this microwave society that we're in and this, you know, fruit fly memory society that we're in and how this, if, if this has the potential to fall flat with a wider audience. Yes. Yeah. You know, and why I could see why, again, another reason why this is a cult classic. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, <laughs> there is always a lot going on. Well, yeah. And I don't know, like, I feel like I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to think about this. 
But this is what this 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 is what this 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 movie this this show that does to you. Like, oh my God, there's so many things that you could tackle. There's so many things that you yeah. can sink your teeth into. It's like, where do you where do you really, where do, you where do I want to start? Where do I yeah. want to start with this? There's there's a part of me that thinks like if you, if we were to do something similar to this or restage this with some adjustments and everything and for for an audience of of today's viewers whoever that may be I don't know like the the idea that people of these generations of these younger generations are looking constantly for like quick things like lots of flash like this would be great for them. But at the same time, it's like, would, would they be able to take the time to, to hear all of the symbolism or would you need to kind of find a way to, to kind of beat people over the head with it a little bit more obviously and overtly? Cause I mean, they definitely go overt on just general, here's what it is to be a transgressive person. <laughs> yeah. There are certain things that you think about a heteronormativity, right? But... There are certain things that you shouldn't, you, you really shouldn't miss. Right. That, yeah. Like I said, they're heavy handed in the delivery. Yeah. Right. But in, and see, this is why, and I know we talk about it, but well, we don't talk about it, but one <laughs> thing that I always think about and, and, you know, like with with horror fans and science fiction fans in particular, which obviously this is an homage to. Oh, absolutely, both. Uh, right, we are fans that we are very uh, detail oriented because, mm-hmm. especially in the horror side of things, when we're you know when we're trying to figure out okay, how is the person going to survive? We're trying to solve a puzzle, a mystery, so we're taking in everything in the scene, everything in the film from the the words that are used. The sounds, the, the 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 atmosphere, the set, you know, in in the, in this kind of case. Yeah. So for somebody like that, you're it's not going to fall flat for yeah. horror fans, for science fiction fans. So despite the bad rap that horror fans and science fiction fans get, <laughs> we are very detail oriented when we are watching these things. Yeah. So we are going to we're not going to miss a lot of stuff in there. And I feel like that's also like they knew what kind of audience they were really going to uh-huh. be marketing towards. And those sorts of people that, that fall into those categories, they've they've been almost desensitized to some of this sort of stuff. Some of this like overt, I mean, the gore of the, uh, the scenes where he's he's Frankenfurter's chasing after Eddie with a with a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. And the blood that's there is just like, that's nothing to somebody who's used to watching horror. And then sci-fi, especially of that period, you're used to seeing women very scantily clad running around. And well, that's, too. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. So it's like being able to, to see these, these bodies on stage or on the screen isn't necessarily as, I don't know, novel. Yeah, that's not going to move the needle for us. We want you to do something innovative and different. Yeah, so you're able to really focus on the more innovative moments within this. Uh Whereas this maybe was not (laughs) the the most mainstream appeal. So I I definitely think that it it knew who it was was aiming its its sights on as far yeah. as who it was who it was really being written for. Yes. But I think that for some reason, I mean, I am no horror aficionado by any stretch of the imagination, but I do like sci-fi. So yep. being able to say that maybe that's how I could get into this and enjoy this and um, not let the weird flashiness every once in a while and the the kind of sensation overload that's happening <laughs> take see, me under per se. But right. 
I, I definitely think that's also, it's, it's asking the audience, it's challenging the audience, whoever that may be to allow sensation and to feel sensation, whatever those sensations may be. It's just such a brilliant little piece and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, and, and yeah, and that's the good thing. I mean, it even it's, like I said, it's called Rocky horror picture show. Mm-hmm. And even for someone uh, you know, of your stature, who of your of your ilk, who doesn't follow horror like that, you know, you can still appreciate it because horror and sci-fi they kind of go hand in hand, right? Yep. They, there's there's a lot of genre bending there, mm-hmm. you know, where we it's hard to separate out like something like Alien, like oh, is that horror? Is that sci-fi? Well, you know, you know, the debate can always be had, but yeah, yeah I mean, this has a just like I said, it's just such a great homage. You know, it's got like I said, the, you know that you know. 1951 day the earth stood still you know it's yep. like oh my god you know so you know king kong <laughs> there's the, the an whole obvious king, king kong yeah scene where he's and climbing because she's it's the whole double feature song and they're talking about like what would happen normally if you went to a film uh, to to see a movie on a certain side uh, on a certain like night it's usually like a friday or thursday night where you had like a science fiction yeah. double feature you had two show two movies for the price of one basically mm-hmm. but the the very first stanza the very first verse the lines are for Fay Ray and King Kong. They got mm-hmm. caught in a celluloid jam. So, or then something went wrong for Fay Ray, and, Fay King Ray Kong. and King Kong. Yeah. Yep. They yep. got caught in a celluloid jam. That's right. So even within that, they bring that back around at the very end. So we literally see our own little Fay Ray and King Kong yep, <laughs> climbing was... up the, the RKO tower. Oh, and yes. getting <laughs> brought down yep. and dying on their stage. The fact that uh, one thing that I do want to bring up before we before we close this as well is just the title. I mean, Frankenstein is the I mean, that's he's the creator. He's not the monster. Everyone talks about like being a Frankenstein, but that that's different. You're being the Frankenstein's creature. <laughs> for example, my daughter this evening was like, has just, we asked her what she wanted to be for Halloween. She's been wanting to be Wonder Woman or a witch for the past like three weeks. And today she goes, Frankenstein. I was like, no, you want to be a Frankenstein's monster. That's right. <laughs> freshly cor- correct freshly corrected. That's um, right. But then for Rocky Horror, we are actually focusing the title on the monster, the creature. Yep. It's this is Rocky's horror picture show. Yes. That is what this is for him. He is brought to life and he is watching a horror film take out, uh, play out in front of him. And this is his first experience of life. And the, I don't know, I just wanted to make sure that I brought up the title because it's, it's another like nice little homage to, to saying, Hey, so if you're going to call, if, like we're actually going to call this after the the creature's name. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it's exactly. actually going to be the creature this time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's just it's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've rewatching it. I do have a newfound appreciation for it. Well, that's good. Yeah. I understand that you still don't really like it, and that's fine. But I appreciate the appreciation. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and then again, I, again, the performances. I can't say, and Tim Curry. I mean, my, I mean, he, we Ugh. horror fans, we love Tim Curry. Ugh. We love him. Okay, so to be fair, the first time that I saw Tim Curry act was at in uh, Muppet Treasure Island, 
And then I saw him in Clue, which was my other option about uh, an adaptation. But I didn't really figure I could do much other than like, Harry, here's the board game and here's the movie. Done. So then then this. And it was just like, this is brilliance. (laughs) Yeah, we we love Tim Curry. I mean, between Frankenfurter and then being Pennywise the Clown. I mean, he's 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 an an icon. Yeah, Penny, yeah, Pennywise from it. Yeah, he's an icon. Yeah. I mean, he I mean, this made him an icon, but yeah, I mean, he we love him in the horror community. Yeah. Absolutely. He's amazing. Even even smiling makes makes my face ache. <laughs> it's so good. I, I knew that, that was gonna be your favorite line. <laughs> I knew it. I called it. <laughs> I almost texted you the other day when I was re-watching it for this, where I was just like I, I know what line's going to be your favorite. I know it. I Here's the line. You don't <laughs> know I didn't want to say it just in case like you would finally get to that line. And then you go, I don't want to like this rather than you going <laughs> good line. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I hate it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, see, between you know, the, you know, the combination of watching Hocus Pocus and then Adam's Family recently, and then that, oh, that's that another just, great one. It just all just you know, it just really these movies just speak to me in such a different way than yes. they did the first time I saw them. Yes, for good reason. Yes, most definitely. They age well. They, they most <laughs> certainly do. I mean, and honestly, as we're sitting here talking, you're probably going to be shocked. I'm probably going to end up buying this too. <gasps> Good. You know, hard, hard copy. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You should. It feels like it's one of those things like, okay, you're a horror fan. You classify yourself as aficionado. You need to have all of the, the cult classics. It has the word horror in it. I know. Regardless of whether you <laughs> love them or not, you need, there are certain ones you just have to have. And this is in that realm. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was excellent. I, I got to be, I, again, I, I, not gonna rip you yeah because I, I can't i can't i can't yell at you you know Yay. again it's... <laughs> we're easing ourselves back into well we're easing ourselves away from halloween which this was still kind of we could consider it tangential <laughs> and but that's fine we're easing our way back to normalcy whatever Somewhat. normalcy means yeah i even hate though, that word <laughs> yeah i do too yeah we're, we're 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 moving out of halloween but yeah next week is <laughs> we gonna do another scary thing I, and again i think what i told you i didn't have you know preview transition mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't have any intention of doing it but it just it just it just hit me like a ton of bricks going through my whole my 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 journey of, of horror movies all the way to halloween my god yeah. With the, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to watch the movie. I'm just going to rewatch and re-listen to the musical. Mother of all that's good. So that's all I'm going to be able to really contribute to that conversation. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's my deal. It's my deal anyway. So anyway, I'll just give it away. I mean, next week we're going to do the adaptation of Carrie. Yeah. So yeah, you go ahead and watch the musical. That'll be a little bit safer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the first opening scene is pretty brutal. Yeah, no, I'm done with brutality for a little bit. Yeah, and then the end is pretty brutal. Well, I mean, it's it's the best prom ever. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, 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 there is prom night. Yeah, prom night. Everything is all right. All right, I think that's how the words <gasps> work. 
What happened there? Are you going to be singing next week? No, I'm not going to be singing. That is a totally different movie, okay? <laughs> the movie is called Prom Night. Okay, fine. <laughs> and it has the greatest, it might have the greatest song in the history of horror film in it. So, uh... Brittany Voss says we wrap up as we conclude. <laughs> Why don't you tell the fine people where they can find us? Absolutely. So you can find us on Instagram at Nerd Pastiche and on Twitter at Nerd Pastiche Pod. And if you happen to enjoy the Twitch world, the realm of twitching, uh, check us out on twitch.tv slash Nerd Pastiche Plays, um, where I'm trying to aim for every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, possibly Saturday or Sunday, depending on how things are going. Wow. That's gaming. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I like the game. You, that's good. You should you should do it more often. I wish I could. One day I'll get you into Discord and we'll do some things together on that. But don't worry. You know what? Because you know you know what may happen if no. you, you know where I you know I could make my Twitch debut. You could. Because you know what I'm gonna get day one, right? I mean, I'm assuming Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, we're we're that's day one is <laughs> H. So like, yeah. Like I mean, what else is there to do? Yeah. I don't know how to stream from. Uh, console yet? I'll have to look into that. Oh, but, that's a uh, thing. Yeah. Oh god, that sounds like a lot of work. It, well, I mean, it's just a couple of extra hookups you gotta put together, but that's oh, it's not that bad. Oh god. <laughs> okay. And on that note, what's your what's your funny quip for the for the ending that I'm gonna ruin? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so angry because I wanted to use this the smile one, but I can't. <laughs> But uh, but I see you shiver with anticipation. Dairy. Wow. So you see that, folks? You see how she even ruined? <laughs> she even she she actively chose to ruin a quote from something that she likes. So that just lets you know the level. The, the, there are no depths that she won't go to to agitate me. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>